Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Supermarcado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Once again, this is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. This is episode 168, MSX Music, and my name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Yeah, we're really excited um, for today's episode. In case you guys aren't familiar, the MSX is a Japanese home computer system, and today we're going to be playing tracks from the MSX and the MSX 2. That's correct, and the MSX actually has some history with Microsoft. I believe it it was first announced by Microsoft in 1983, Um, so I'm not sure if they were solely responsible for the manufacturing of it, but it was virtually not even released in North America. It's pretty much just Japan uh, and and various other parts of the world. Yeah, I was familiar with this machine before we uh, started really doing this podcast, just because I knew that the MSX2 was what uh, the original Metal Gear was created for by Mm -hmm. Hideo Kojima. Um, But I was never really familiar with any of the other games or any of the music. wasn't really until we started the show that I heard some of that stuff. Absolutely. I never knew that Microsoft had anything to do with the MSX because I knew it was this Japanese computer system. But there's a lot of um, kind of uh, people wondering where the name comes from. And some people think that it comes from um, Microsoft Extended. MSX, uh, but there, I don't know if there's any really clear source of, of where that name comes from. But in any case, it was a Japanese computer system, and the MSX2 was kind of like the next. You know how every year there's the iPhone four, five, six. That's kind of what the what, next iteration. What the, yeah, the next iteration, and there's also was the MSX2 Plus, and I believe the three, and eventually it was you know discontinued. But yeah, this is really old school computer music that shares a lot of lineage and a lot of similarity with that of the PC eighty eight ninety eight. You're gonna hear a lot. Of traditions that really sound closer to that music, but what's nice about MSX and MSX2 is you you get some releases and some ports of some NES games. So you're able to walk this line of having the console tradition, the more mainstream tradition, if you will, as well as kind of the Japanese computer tradition. So we're going to hear both of those today. Cool. Uh, one thing we have to talk about, kind of a nerdy thing, before we get into the music, is we should talk a little bit about the sound. Uh, it's really complicated, and again, we're playing tracks from msx one and two now one of the most common ways that the msx produced its sound was something called the scc chip or the konami scc chip which stands for sound creative chip it was a combination a collaboration with konami and yamaha it was a wavetable sound chip in addition to the three square waves that you hear, you know, kind of the PSG sound, it added five more channels that were programmable waveforms. So it really expanded the possibilities. And it sounds a little bit like Turbo Graphics, a little bit like VRC6, just a lot of kind of uh, options for sound. So that's one sound chip that we'll be hearing today. The other sound chip is the kind of the native PSG sound chip, which is just three square waves, which is almost identical to that of the Master System. Game Gear and uh, the PSG uh, portion of the Genesis. The final sound chip we'll hear, we're actually going to hear some FM synthesis today because there was an expansion chip on the MSX2 Plus called the Yamaha YM2413, which uh, was an FM chip that, again, was the same one that was used as the in the expansion to the Master System. My so goodness, lots, have you done your research? Thank you. Lots of possibilities for sound. So the playlist is going to be very diverse in sound, which shouldn't be surprising. So enough techno mumbo jumbo. I'm excited to get into it. What you guys heard up top was from Nightmare for the MSX. That was composed by Miki Higashino. That track. Oh, that's a name we've heard before. Absolutely, yeah. That track was called Majo Denetsu, and we're going to get things started with another track for the original MSX. This is from Dragon Quest II, composed by the legendary Koichi Sujiyama. Let's take a listen to a really elegant piece called Royal Palace.
awesome. You guys are listening to Royal Palace from Dragon Quest II for the MSX, composed by Koichi Sujiyama. A very simple, beautiful piece using the Texas Instruments SN76489, which is the inherent kind of PSG3 voice chip from the MSX. And yeah, it's all square voices. There's no triangle. There's really not a lot of kind of technical wizardry that you get with this PSG chip. It definitely feels more primitive than NES in some ways. What are your thoughts on that? Let's just talk about the music of this track. Well, it's beautiful. Uh, Sujiyama is known for um, writing some very exquisite uh, high-level melodies that really sound definitely they're not the norm of kind of the game music vernacular um Mm -hmm. which makes the dragon quest soundtracks so unique but it also makes them so consistent um because really the the span of the dragon quest series uh it spans multiple decades but what's cool is it's one of the most musically consistent series and practically every game has those wonderful orchestral soundtrack arrangement Mm -hmm. albums released with it uh so they, they all kind of have a symphonic idea i think in mind um, at the start of each composition so it's really fun hearing it on different platforms and with different sound hardware but still clearly trying to represent uh, orchestral instruments yeah and we kind of covered that idea a little bit in our Game Boy episode when we played that track by Sujiyama as far as having 8-bit music that when you use your imagination you can kind of hear what the orchestral instruments would be and that's one of the, our favorite things about 8-bit music right well because it's about the idiomatic writing for mm-hmm. those instruments rather than like um, the timbres or the sounds actually sounding like you know it doesn't necessarily sound like a flute you know, but if it's something high up that you know that will that leads me to something really interesting wouldn't, wouldn't that be an interesting exercise in a college music course is playing a track like this playing very clear idiomatic parts and try to have the students in the class guess now what idiomatically do you think this represents and that's a cello or I mean, obviously there's not necessarily well, one right yeah, answer I mean, I think it's can, a fun exercise you can only though. go so far because I think when you get to more advanced orchestration there's a lot of doubling that happens so mm-hmm. but the I, part I do in think, the strings will be doubled by the other instruments but I think the point that we're making here is that it's, it's nice to think about musically what is evoking a cello or a violin versus just the range in the timbre and kind of some of the harmonic technical aspects. It's interesting to think about what are the musical ways that you can evoke that. Right. Like, I, I bet you could probably evoke a solo violin or like a, a clarinet if you're doing a certain type of music. Sure. Um, a flute or piccolo if you're doing really high kind of trills and stuff. Um, but yeah, it, I think... <clears throat> that that would be kind of a fun <laughs> little experiment. Yeah, so now we're going to move on to Snatcher for the MSX2. Now, simply we're going to just we're just going to let you guys know before we play each track without, you know, saying all the technical stuff. It's either going to be PSG, SCC, which is again that kind of wavetable synth or FM. So this is SCC. Let's take a listen to a track called The Theme of Snatcher Part 1. This soundtrack was composed by Masahiro Ikariko and Matsuhiko Izumi. Let's take a listen. interesting pedal chords there this is really a good main theme kind of a theme you'd hear in the beginning of the game to kind of get you amped this is the theme of snatcher part one from snatcher for the msx2 some really nice scc music here composed by masahiro ikariko and matsuhiko izumi this is a great piece of music uh i really enjoy the chords i enjoy all the lines independently um but the effect when they're all brought together is really sort of magical i guess i would say it's very lush 
Um, it, it has a it has a good melody, but I think the big appeal to this track is just sort of all those textures working together mm -hmm. harmonically. To me, I think it's more about the emotions that are conveyed rather than like a specific catchy melody. But I right. do think that is definitely something memorable mm -hmm. that you know you would leave the game humming. I but could imagine. I don't know what you think, but in my opinion, this feels more closely related to the traditions of uh, PC88 music and PC98. You know what's funny is not just as far as like the types of lines that are composed, but even musically, like mm -hmm. the intervals that that melody lands on, it, it really reminds me of like Falcom music Absolutely. or something. Yeah. As far as the actual uh, instruments, the sound, um, you know, it, you do get that great. It, it almost sounds like, you know, that fourth channel on the Game Boy or like the Turbo Graphics, that kind of a little bit of a, a buzzy digital distortion sure. that you get to that type of synthesis mm -hmm. that to me has a very nostalgic sound to it, even though I obviously didn't grow up playing the MSX. Um, so many like handheld game consoles or just old video game machines had that type that of buzziness. compressed sound to the instruments. And that's definitely what we get in the SCC chip. Now, once right. we get kind of maybe halfway through this episode, I think we're all going to be able to have a clear sense of what is our favorite sound chip of the MSX. It is that classic really clean PSG sound. Is it the compressed but kind of rocking SCC or is it the FM, which sounds more like the Genesis? So I think it'll be interesting to play all three of the different sound chips in here. What do you think conveys the music the best? Yeah, it does kind of remind me of the NES because when you're looking at the NES or the Famicom um, there's sort of multiple sound hardware as That's well. True. I mean, mostly we just think of the classic 8-bit channels, but then obviously on the Famicom Disk System, there's that added... Um, wave channel that can be more customizable and programmable. You get the VRC6, which was a Konami add-on that allowed for additional pulse channels with different character. And then that very limitedly used VRC7, which yeah. actually included FM yep. channels. So it is kind of similar of having these different add-ons. and such. I believe there's only one game that was ever released that used the 7. Right crazy stuff. Uh, and one cool thing about today's playlist is, you know, like I said, there's a lot of games that were released for the NES and also ported uh, to the MSX. Some of them narrowly uh, missed the cut because I, I started to think, like, we should focus on original MSX music today, not just ports, kind of honestly crappier sounding versions of Castlevania or Contra, which right. are out there. They just, they don't sound quite as good I think in my that's opinion. Something, you made a good point earlier that's something that's uh, special about this computer system, which I guess would be similar to something like the Commodore 64, which exactly. would get versions of games that would come out on so, the NES. So yeah, so musically, these are all original MSX. Like, for example, the next soundtrack we're going to move to is King Kong 2. There was an NES version of that soundtrack, which is great. This is its own soundtrack composed by... Different Mo music. Mo different music composed by Motowaki Furukawa. Again, King Kong 2 for the MSX. This is PSG music right here. Let's take a listen to track 9. guys are listening to track nine from king kong 2 for the msx composed by motowaki furukawa and some of these tracks we don't have the titles for it was really common um i'll get into this later but i have something called the hoot player which emulates uh classic japanese computer systems from you know 98 88 msx fm towns and a lot of the um msx soundtracks don't have titles if they are they're in japanese uh more common it's bgm one two three four five six seven so we're gonna have some of that today but will what do you think about this track does this remind you more of kind of i guess maybe the mainstream console tradition or the japanese it definitely reminds me more of something you'd hear on the NES, some hmm. kind of 80s or 90s uh, classic. It's kind of rousing, isn't it? Yeah, really fun. Also plucky at the same time, too. This part reminds me of Castlevania, yeah. um, which having those call and response 
type of lines with that kind of demonic-y descending progression in minor, which is great. But one of my favorite things is, you know, you mentioned in that Dragon Quest track that these uh, these primitive 8-bit sounds, that they, they really um, were nothing too fancy or nothing too special. But I think it really has to do with what the composer's doing with them. In this track, we're hearing a lot of different... Uh, timbres with those instruments, and part of that has to do with, I imagine, how they're, you know, changing the pulse width and everything. Um, but also, it has to do, for instance, uh, one of the settings that they do the instruments that yeah, it's really effective. Yeah, it's really clever, and it always feels like the instrument sounds are changing. And you know, if I were listening to this, I wouldn't necessarily say that this sounds more primitive than the NES. I think you're right. Yeah, I think this is one of the tracks, and there's a few examples of this where you do hear some some kind of comfortable confidence as far as these these three square channels. But for some reason, I feel like most, whether it's Master System, Game Gear, MSX, PSG, something about it, I feel like the composers weren't quite trying to, or maybe they weren't as interested in pushing those boundaries. Well, what I think is interesting, uh, which is one of the things I love about the NES so much, that uh, third channel, that triangle channel, yeah. is so primitive. But I think what's great about it is it has a distinctly different character from mm -hmm. the square channels. So right off the bat, you really can't get this uniformity of sound between all the channels. So Which I think it great. led people to try to give each voice sort of an independence and timbre Well, Will, and do color. you ever get this problem that I have when I listen to this music with this chip, and again, almost identical to the uh, Master System, is when all three voices are doing a lot of kind of independent lines, it all gets jumbled together. And it's mm. sometimes hard to tell what's the melody, what's the harmony. It's just a little bit too uniform. Right. I, I think that's true. It's almost kind of like if you're listening to a piece on the piano where the right and left hand, uh, if it's a really complicated contrapuntal piece they kind of get lost where if you're right. hearing like a woodwind trio or something you might be able to identify the different instruments well now let's move on to a wonderful soundtrack one of my absolute favorites on both of these systems this is the msx2 and we're gonna move on to space manbo so cool this is composed by tsuyoshi sakito machiro yamani and yuji takanochi let's take a listen to battleship stage one bgm confident piece of music. I gotta say in the MSX and the MSX2, Konami were the absolute kings of just MSX music. This is another Konami game by talented composers Tsuyoshi Sakito, the wonderful Machiro Yamani, and Yuji Takanochi. In the previous game he played, King Kong 2, as well as Snatcher, the game before that, all Konami games. Just wonderful. And again, the SSC was a chip that was um, developed by Konami, so some of the best uses of it are, not surprisingly, Konami games. Yeah, this one's a lot of fun. I, I was particularly drawn to, my ear was drawn to any of the yeah. kind of uh, effects because yeah, you, if, when you hear that repeated attack, If I'm not mistaken, uh, potentially eight voices at once, if possible, because I know you have five of these new kind of programmable synth voices, but you may additionally have three PSG. I'm not, it's, it's hard to tell. Definitely more than three. You know, definitely at least five melodic voices you're hearing here, which really kind of make things exciting. Yeah, really exciting. Uh, especially um, certain things uh, that feel almost rhythmically displaced yeah. within uh, the bar. Uh, like kind sure. of stuff like that where you're hearing this um, I guess bass line that establishes this repeated groove so it's not this type of displacement where you never know what's going to happen and it's really shaking things up but it's kind of the idea of having syncopated rhythms that aren't happening you know at the top of 
the measure necessarily with this repeated groove so it it's like it's this blend of slightly you know you don't know what's going to happen but also consistency it's like a it's a yeah. comfortable level of confusion <laughs> i think that's a great way to describe it yeah konami absolute masters on today's playlist uh falcom did some great stuff that we're going to get to as well um wolf team is, is another uh, really, wolf really solid team company as well so now let's move on to the first example of that fm add-on chip for the msx2 uh, i believe msx2 plus most likely but this is a game called burai jukan and this is composed by chihiro fijioka and we're going to play bgm 13 and this really reminds me of uh you know the tradition of pc 88 98 music it's very heavily groove based very funky some of the intervals that are used uh just really are reminiscent of music that i like for the pc 88 a lot of you Uses of the seventh and the nine, and the way that they kind of alternate. Uh, just really groovy stuff. This is BGM 13. track that's bgm 13 from burai jukan for the msx2 this is a fm music here composed by chihiro fujioka and this really reminds me of of something that is i think one of the advantages of fm video game music and why it's some of my favorite video game music because the roles are so clearly defined because you have the fm voices mixed with the psg voices so similar to the sega genesis the psg voices are almost always delegated to chords and kind of supporting harmonic colors and I think that's so effective because it makes the FM, again, it's that contrast that we talked about with the NES, where the timbres uh, are very clear, and you can hear the melody and the bass really well, and the chords feel kind of really clean and pretty, and it's just a really colorful sound that, you know, in the late 80s, uh, it's one of the best ways to get this lushness of sound. Absolutely. Uh, something that I really like about this piece musically is the melody is very sort of it has that uh, m- melancholy to it. Oh, yeah. Uh, relying on the ninth scale degree. Um, it has that feeling of longing to it I, I, in yeah. a very vague way. I mean, I don't want to speak that broadly about just. A, I think you're right on, though. I think a degree. lot of people would feel that. But yeah, the, the melody definitely has sort of a, a longing, a little bit of a sadness to it. But I like that juxtaposed with the, the, funky the very nature. funky bass line and the kind yeah. of the, the groove of it. It, it. it sort of centers the piece emotionally in a way that's very accessible and still able to be complex at the same time. Well, it's not surprising why the use of this chip, um, you're getting music that is a little bit more sophisticated and giving you emotions that aren't possible with the PSG. Because, think about it, if we didn't have this, all we would have was just the the PSG channels. What can you really do? I mean, it's nice to have enough channels to dedicate, uh, you know, some just to chords, some to bass, some to... So it just... And then you can have delay, too, so you can really have uh, a full expressive sound, and it doesn't feel that limiting, you know, compositionally. Uh, I think one of the downsides of having more channels is, again, each one of the channels isn't quite as important, I guess. So they're not necessarily up against the wall of, I need to have a phenomenal melody here. I just, I need to have, I have all these channels, so let's just do something fun. As opposed to, oh my gosh, I only have these three, so one of them need, like, they all have to be great. You know what I'm saying? I I suppose that's true. The thing that is nice about it, though, is... Sort of like an orchestra with a piano in the midst. It's like most of the instruments have a homophonic sound. I mean, mm-hmm. they each only produce one pitch at a time. Right. But then one of the instruments in that group can produce multiple tones at one time. And so mm-hmm. you sort of get that effect with the Genesis or 
this FM chip where a lot of the instruments that you're hearing do have an independence of voices. For instance, that bass or that melody line, which maybe sounds like multiple instruments doubled, but those PSGs are just kind of hitting chords with a unified sound, almost like an electric piano and then a guitar and then a bass guitar. You know, it it really Mm -hmm. helps to make it sound like it's a specific ensemble. And even though the PSG is kind of hitting those chords um, together with unified attack, it it almost still sounds idiomatic to mm-hmm. a, a different type of instrument. Yep. Now let's move on to another game for the MSX2. This is Crimson, composed by Shigakatsu Kamaki. Let's take a listen to BGM2. You guys are listening to BGM2 from Crimson, kind of Final Fantasy-ish, and, and you know, to my ear. This is composed by Shigakazu Kamaki, and you know, with these different ships, we're able to get almost different um, traditions, different complete styles of video game music, all in one episode with one system. I think it's pretty cool stuff. What do you think about this track? What does this remind you of as far as maybe other composers, series, consoles? It reminds me of uh, European music a little bit, just sort okay. of the way it's using the minor mode um, with some secondary dominance and then going to the major five which really sounds like a lot of western classical music but in this context it it almost sounds more like european folk music Mm -hmm. which again Uh, you get a lot of that in final fantasy whether exactly yeah yeah. um it's it's actually sort of a common thing for video games to Mm -hmm. sound a little to sound a little bit uh folky um but i guess that's what i get especially in this track you know it might also sound like something from uh, like a chrono trigger or Mm -hmm. or something like that cool stuff now we're gonna move on to game for the msx this is king's valley 2 definitely one of the most classic games if someone uh is a fan of msx they're gonna know that we're gonna have to include this on today's episode and yeah guys again just like previous episodes tons of tracks that i listened to lots of good stuff i had to whittle it down to my favorite 20 uh so there's a lot of stuff that um we can give shout outs to later that didn't make the cut today but this is king's valley 2 composed by kasahiko uhara and mansan let's take a listen to a track that was featured uh later on in the castlevania series actually this is a track called the next pyramid listening to the next pyramid from the msx game king's valley 2 composed by kazuhiko uhara and mansan this is really fun because you're kind of getting two very different world music influences you're getting kind of like a south american kind of a latin groove but you're also getting um you know very kind of clear almost stereotypical middle eastern um as far as the the, the melody is concerned but the the end result is something very fun and something that i'm really kind of happy that they went back to this as kind of a callback and i think it was a gba castlevania game yeah, I never played any of the Game Boy Advance ones. This is a really fun track. I, yeah, I really actually like that um, Arabian melody. Mm-hmm. I, it's it's such a cliche in games <laughs> to have this type of sound to the point where I, I actually kind of get sick of hearing tracks like this. But I actually really happen to like this particular melody. Mm-hmm. It, it it definitely feels like it 
Well, it, that's not... It definitely seems to maintain musical quality. Yeah, and that doesn't surprise me because Kazuhiko Hara, one of the best Konami composers. Uh, just wonderful stuff if you go through... Um, this ends up reminding me of uh, Bomberman, a lot of the Bomberman That makes a lot of sense. Games because uh, they, for some reason, have an Arabian flair to a lot of their music. Uh, not well, I because think, of like desert levels, I think levels, I know the, the exact reason. Uh, Jun Chikuma is a huge fan of Middle Eastern music. Remember, she, right, she right. actually, she actually is, um, you know, someone who who operates that Middle Eastern music dot com or Arab music dot com. Mm-hmm. She kind of founded that, so she's a huge fan of that kind of music. That's probably why it's in so much of the Bomberman games. All right, now we're going to move on to another game for the MSX. This is Dragon Quest, the first game. We played a track from the second. Let's play a track from the first, again, by Koichi Sujiyama. This is The Overture. Here we go. are listening to Overture from Dragon Quest, composed by Koichi Sujiyama for the MSX. Such a classic theme. I think this is one of the very first tracks that we played in our Dragon Quest episode. If anyone hasn't listened to that, shout out to that episode. That's a lot of great music featured on that one. Yeah, I've always really enjoyed this uh, Overture in any kind of arrangement that it's in, Mm -hmm. whether it's with 8-bit instruments like this or done with a full orchestra. I think it's very symphonic in the musical scope just in general uh but harmonically it's just very satisfying it sort of tugs at your heartstrings and tells a little story but it never kind of diverts from the main sort of musical focus of the piece i Mm. i really like it i've always really enjoyed this one absolutely it's one of those pieces that as it progresses it it gets like better and better you know you start off with very sort of simple harmonies and uh melodically almost like a little bit like a horn sort right. of uh, yeah and call. will will kind of gave me a, a reminder that this might be the only track that i kind of broke my rule because yeah a lot of people will know this uh the nes version um and who's to say maybe some people might think that that nes version is better than this uh but yeah i think for the most part this playlist is kind of you know original msx stuff uh and yeah his theme was used in countless other games in the series Okay, well now we're going to move on to two of my favorite tracks of the day. Uh, first one starting off, this is a game for the MSX called Dragon Slayer 4, Drazel Family. This is composed by the dream team of Falcom back in this day. This is Yuzo Koshiro and Miko Ishikawa. Let's take a listen to the ending theme from Dragon Slayer 4. fun to hear that very quirky cadence tradition that I'm pretty sure Yuzo Koshiro um, created of, of having kind of the minor but then ending to the major pickery third and then going back to the minor right after. It's fun to hear it with MSX because it's kind of implied because you don't have the chord voices underneath. Uh, in any case, this is the ending theme from Dragon Slayer 4. Such a classic track to me. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I remember playing this one on, I think it was our Falcom Could have been Yuzo episode 2 way back yeah. in the day. 
kind of a, I guess, a classic to me at this point, just mm-hmm. from doing the podcast. But do, what do you think really about fun? that? Did it? Did it? Did it? Did it? I would say that's my favorite part. So catchy. Yeah, this is one of the tracks where I can, in my mind's like ear, I guess I can hear it on the PC88, and it feels like it it would be even better there. But uh, in some ways, you know, this is the the original version. I think the funny thing that we may lose track of is the the best part about video game music is the music, is the melodies. I mean, honestly, like even yeah. though this might sound better on PC88, PC88 still kind of Crappy. sucks in the in the broad scheme of things. I know, like, it's just such it's a just subtle a bunch difference. of synthesizers. Like if we were in any other field or any other <laughs> medium, we would say like, why would you, you would never choose a synthesizer. You would choose other instruments. Yeah, that's an interesting uh, comment is that if someone that had never listened to video game music and when you play old school video game music, if you played this and then the PC8, they'd probably be like, they both sound crappy. Like, I right. can't even tell the difference. Yeah. You know? Interesting. Well, guys, I'm excited to move on to this week's track of the week. Shouldn't be surprising. We're playing a wonderful Konami game and really one of the most well-loved Konami soundtracks. This is for the MSX. This is Nemesis 3, composed by wonderful composers here. We have Michiro Yamani, Kazuhiko Uhara, Motowaki Furukawa, and Yuki Morimoto. Just some of the absolute veterans of, of great Konami video game music. This is Close Quarters, Stage 10, from the MSX game Nemesis 3. Enjoy. Such a wonderful piece. I think this is the best track on the system. Uh, this is just such a standout. That opening arpeggio is so impressive to me that it fits over the chords. It's just just a wonderfully composed arpeggio, and all the sections of the song really retain my interest. It kind of has elements of film score, uh, very similar to a lot of the Gradius games. I believe this is a spin-off of the Gradius series. Nemesis 3 here. This is stage 10. Oh, love it. A lot of interesting chord changes and a uh, really very unique piece. Um, yeah. A lot of different kind of colors and textures that are created with these instruments, whether it's, you know, arpeggios, melodies, chords. I really like the bass line. Um, yeah, the, the harmony in this is really likable, mm-hmm. um, whether it's, you know, the melody and harmony or just the general... Um, chords that are created through right. all the voices have that kind of <laughs> great and don't Japanese you get, jazz. Don't you get the feeling of flight as far as like uh, similar to Salamander and a lot of other classic, you know, Konami shoot 'em ups Yeah, definitely. I, I think sort of the ever-present modulating kind of chord progression does mm-hmm. that for me the most out of any of the elements in this piece. That feeling of flight just kind of a little bit of uncertainty and a lack of being grounded, so to speak. Yeah, and what's so cool is this this music sounds like classic Konami space shooter music that, you know, you'd assume, oh, came on the arcade. This is an original MSX game. I think that's really cool. Uh, and, and, you know, this is SCC music as well. So I think it's fitting because that might be my personal favorite sound chip out of these three that we're featuring today. So, yeah, I think that is the track to beat for this system. Um, yeah, feel free. If anyone's a huge fan of MSX and there's a game or a track that you really think I missed, let me know. I tried to do my best. To, to put the most classic stuff on here as well as some maybe some cool discoveries. Another absolute classic game that a lot of people played for the MSX2 is Ease 2, another Falcom game composed by the dream team of Yuzo Koshiro and Miko Ishikawa. So far, we've pretty much just played the PC-88 versions uh, of this music, but a lot of people played the MSX2 version. So let's take a listen to classic track Ice Ridge of Noltia from Ease 2.
classic. You guys are listening to Ice Ridge of Nolte. It's fun for me to hear this version on the <laughs> the MSX2 uh, without some of the kind of classic chords and harmonies that I'm used to hearing. Uh, yeah, composed by Yuzo Kishur and Miko Ishikawa. Feels like a classic track to me. Yeah, I, I love the opening kind of crawl of the melody. Mm-hmm. Going up to that ninth feels it's very beautiful. triumphant. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting type of melody where... I guess I would say sort of rhythmically in the shape of the melody, it it really sounds like something very, not traditional, but really kind of melodically pure. But at Mm -hmm. the same time, the the, um, scale degrees that it's landing on in the intervals um, in relation to the chords are very kind of jazzy and not really experimental, but uh, just very much of the era. It feels very kind of... 80s Japanese jazz type music and that's what I really like is Mm -hmm. it's able to be sort of universal and timeless but also very specifically of its era now Will what are your thoughts on you know for the most part we've played the E's and 1 and 2 versions on the PC88 we did a little bit of that PC engine but for people that grew up with the MSX2 version how do you think this relates because now let's talk about an 8-bit context because now this has to compete with NES music so do you do you hear any similarities from other Japanese um, like NES composers? Or does this still feel very separate as far as a computer tradition to you? I think it feels entirely separate. Hmm. Uh, one of the things I was just talking about, the melody and those chords, like I, I, there's nothing on NES that I can think of that has this type of palette. Hmm. Um, and... Uh, and it's also hard for me knowing the context of the PC-88 version of this, which it's as close to definitive as you can say that like that is the better version. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean, everyone has different well, tastes. Well, also but... knowing that Yuzo Koshiro still writes music nowadays on the PC-88, knowing right. that's his favorite... And this is, you know, composed by him, so it makes sense that would what he considers well, definitive. To me, it's like if someone likes the MSX, this specific uh, 8-bit soundtrack of the MSX better than the PC-88, that's sort of like saying that they like the NES better than the Sega Genesis. Like, mm. And I, I guess I would include myself in that yeah. category as far as the NES-Genesis comparison, but there is still an objectivity of the Genesis being sounds, better sounds and having better. more options well, and more channels. And that leads an interesting discussion of what if the music of the NES, let's swap it, The all the games and all the music that were released for the NES, change it in the history of time where that was released for the Genesis. Mario and Mario 2 and Mario 3 and Zelda and all those games came out for the Genesis and that's where those classic melodies the lie. Things, I, don't, I don't know if you can do that though because the one of the great things about old school video game music, it's so composed for the hardware. All that great NES music is three-part music and right. all the great Genesis music is using all those channels and written for those instruments. And I think that's kind of what I enjoy about it. And I think probably the reason why I like the NES music is because it's written around those specific limitations. I was just trying to think of some alternate reality where you would have this affinity for Genesis because it had the melodies uh, that you really resonated the most with. And I mean, it does. I love a lot of Genesis melodies. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, those FM sounds are really kind of classic. I I, I think, but I might still choose the NES because there's some about the nes that's like quirky and sweet well, and it has the always... spirit of nintendo of just kind of not really trying to be cool mm-hmm. very um it really is childlike to me so i guess I would that's say. interesting because i always always assumed that you and a lot of other people like you and you know in some ways i don't know if i would disagree is that the reason why the nes is king for video game music is because of the best melodies which is true so you're saying it's still more that than the technical side because for me absolutely yeah, on yeah, a technical yeah. side i think you can't get any better than the genesis it's so interesting I even guess, if a track is composed like decently like uh, as far as a melody goes right it's so interesting well that's why i was saying there it. is sort of an uh an objective nature yeah. of course the the genesis is better but i still would choose that even if i'm just going sound which is the reason why i make nes chip tunes and not <laughs> yeah. genesis chip tunes like right. i just i like the sound of it it has this quirkiness that's really endearing yeah and a little bit more there's universally loved and, by the culture I and would there say. is a purity of it uh the purity to it that you just you it's unmatched anywhere in um yeah and i guess I, I really would say nes specifically because mm-hmm. when i'm listening to like the commodore 64 or uh, like the sega master system or something i'm not necessarily like in love with the sound of 8-bit i yeah. think it's just really specifically the nostalgia tied to um 
you sure. know, NES. Well, now we're going to move what on to... What a tangent. <laughs> I like that tangent, though. That's an interesting discussion, talking about the, the composition versus the technicals. But that's why I do think also a huge part of it really does have to do with nostalgia. I think a lot of love for video game music is nostalgia-driven. Mm-hmm. And if, it, if we bring back to the discussion of uh, games that were released for two systems with varying types of sound, mm-hmm. you know, people are going to choose what they like. I mean, you and I have always argued over which Street Fighter... <laughs> version we like better and i think that comes down to the same sort of thing yes you can make arguments objective arguments to either one but at the end of the day you're going to pick the one that you like because that's what you grew up with well now let's move on to nightmare 3 shalom for the msx composed by guess what kunio yamashita composed this one kind of a little known game uh, yeah, i thought you were going to say a little known composer no a little known game as far as i there's really not a lot of info on this game i, I do think the nightmare series is, is definitely well loved uh the first one again miki, miki higashino but it was really hard for me to find a credited composer for this third game so again nightmare three shalom here's track 22 stuff that's track 22 from nightmare 3 shalom for the msx composed by kinio yamashita beautiful especially that opening chord stuff evoking piano yeah i really that kind of is what hooked me in right away Mm -hmm. very kind of lyrical melody um I don't want to say predictable, but definitely satisfying. It goes yeah. where um, you want it to go musically, but also it does retain sort of an independence. It's not just a sequence per se. Like it, it, mm-hmm. it really is melodically independent. Very beautiful. You know, this is kind of the thing that I think um, one of the aspects of video game music I love the most. It's kind of it's devoid of really sounding schmaltzy but it's able to kind of be musically kind of schmaltzy at times and just sure. overly emotional and I, I think that's just the stuff that i just really gravitate mm-hmm. to i think you're right well now it's time for another example it's been too long another fm example we have a few really good ones left today this is from a game called genaitoshi illusion city composed by yakaharo arita Tadahiro Onida and Yasufumi Fukuda. And again, MSX2 FM sound chip. Let's take a listen to BGM5.
Wonderful. You guys are listening to BGM5 from Gainotoshi Illusion City, FM music for the MSX2. This really, almost out of any track today, reminds me of PC-88 music. You know, really, if I was listening to this, I probably would just assume it's like something on the Sega Genesis. It's crazy to think this is on the same system as, you know, 8-bit music that really feels like musically, it's just almost in a different generation, you know? It's cool that we can get it all in one episode, though. Well, is there anything that jumped out about this track um, musically to you? Well, I think I was a little bit distracted with that really great melody instrument. Yeah, Um, brass. I just, yeah, I really like it. It reminds me of something that you would hear on the Genesis, but it actually also reminds me of uh, something from like Mega Man 7, which Mm. makes me realize that I think all of these kind of... uh, consoles that were existing around a similar time were trying to emulate similar synthesizers and even though the SNES uses samples it really uh, it sometimes is trying to uh, sample certain synthesizers and Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of cool that they can all kind of create a a similar timbre so I think that distracted me for a while but musically something that I really love uh, when that PSG kind of drone was fading in and out that part musically I I really liked in general but that effect I thought was rhythms are great I thought that effect was really kind of beautiful that was my favorite part of the song yeah mature I guess I'd say because when you're dealing with a limitation of voices Oftentimes you want to make or you're compelled to make each channel as busy and active as mm-hmm. possible to really fill out the texture. You can't dedicate any to ambience. Right. But to do something like that, it actually creates a greater effect because it sounds it, it sounds like the, the piece is complete as it is and you're able to add these little effects and colors mm-hmm. for ambience, which I think do a, a greater deal to make it sound like a bigger ensemble than a busy line maybe does. Awesome. Well, now let's move on to another game for the MSX. This is Dragon Quest II again, another track from this wonderful game. The only track we're playing two tracks from today. Uh, actually, that's not true. There's one other game we're playing two uh, from. You know, these were what I thought of maybe some of the absolute best MSX soundtracks. That's why, you know, just the ratings were so high for this. This is Traveling with Friends, composed by Koichi Sujiyama. <laughs> composed track called Traveling with Friends from Dragon Quest II, really showcasing uh, the wonderful chops that Koichi Sujiyama has for this series. This is MSX Music using the PSG chip. I love this track so much. It's so beautiful and really sweet. Uh, the melody is very kind of cute and da-da is a, mm-hmm. is a, a great little leap. Um, I love this chord progression. Um, it, it, to me, it feels like a video game music chord progression. And this, um, not surprisingly, feels like uh, kind of the console, the mainstream traditions here, because again, right. released on the NES it as well. It reminds me of Koji Kondo. It, it actually kind of reminds me of uh, Starbit Festival. Really? Or oh, you're so right. From, you're so right about you know, that. Mario Galaxy. Da, 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 mm-hmm. da. Da, 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 da. Beautiful. That kind of thing. I just oh, that's a great observation. That Will. stuff really makes me feel good inside. <sighs> All right, it's time to play another FM track. This is from the track from the game called At Least Gaiden, and this was composed by Masanobu Tsukamoto and Toshiaki Sakoda. Let's take a listen to BGM Eight. <laughs> Thank you. 
You guys are listening to BGM8 from Elise Gaiden for the MSX2 featuring the FM sound chip. Really cool. Yeah, this one is kind of kind of by the books. There wasn't necessarily anything in this particular track that um, you know is incredibly unique, but I thought it was impressive that uh, it feels very confident. And again, it feels like systems that have a lot more um, kind of technical um, kind of prowess under their hood. And this is a very limited computer system, so I think it's always impressive uh, when you hear a track like that. You know, any FM track. For me, it just feels like it's so impressive that this is on the MSX2. Right, yeah, it's really... I mean, this would be... If we were doing a Genesis episode uh, and this was on the Genesis, mm-hmm. I think we would include this because this is just a great track. Mm-hmm. Uh, good utilization of the hardware and the sounds. I, I like it's using a variety of registers. Uh, it, it makes it feel kind of busy. You know, you know a common really technique that's so common in FM music, whether it's Genesis or PC-88, is the same harmonized riff repeated over and over and over again while the bass note changes. And when you go from like the minor one to, you know, maybe like the six or something, I don't know why that's so effective, but for that's one of the most kind of video gamey techniques I can think of is just one kind of repeated riff. The bass Great is Great observation, changing. Carl. I think that's very true, especially if it's a descending riff. It's just almost yeah. like it's kind of phoning it in. And I do see myself doing that when I'm kind of jamming and like, it's so easy to do but it feels good every time you do it so well i i guess i wouldn't say it, it's phoning it in if if something musically wants to go if it in a works it works yeah. I, I think what i tend to struggle with more is i don't want to kind of repeat the same gimmick again and again without something to it that something uh, yeah and there is something it. here that does change you know there's right. one note that might change uh which which is cool but all right now it's time to move on to one of the most impressive uses of the psg chip you know i said you know unlike the NES where you had people like the Fallen Brothers just pushing just the heck out of that chip. This is a nice example of that. It's a game that was released, I think, very late for the MSX. This is Night City, composed by Jermaine Gomez Herrera. Let's take a listen to the main theme. guys listening to the main theme from night city for the msx composed by jermaine gomez herrera yeah such a diamond in the rough really for me for msx and even i would say the same thing about master system game gear uh you don't hear a lot of this kind of really kind of arpeggio western demo scene kind of sound uh with this sound chip almost ever so it's really a breath of fresh air maybe it's because you know these are japanese uh systems that you didn't get a lot of western composers on maybe that's why but I just think this is a really cool change of pace for today's episode. Yeah, I really like it. I think it's now time to move on to another track from Snatcher. We played the part one of the main theme. Now we're going to play part two. So this is Theme of Snatcher part two, and it's very different. It's so beautiful. Maybe my one of my absolute favorite tracks cool. of the day. I'm excited because I really like that Snatcher track. Yeah, and this is a kind of more of a ballad that I think you'll really dig. I believe we've played this uh, some point previously on the podcast. This is composed again by Masahiro Ikariko in Matsuhiko Izumi.
This is part two of the main theme of Snatcher for the MSX2 featuring the SCC sound chip. This is just wonderful. Will, what do you think about this track? I think it's really beautiful. Um, and in a way, I think a piece like this sort of speaks for itself. Yeah. Um, really because it's it's trying its best to tug at your heartstrings and yeah. uh, change your emotional state, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think you're totally right. With that, I think we're going to move on to the last track we'll talk about. This is Mr. Ghost for the MSX2, another um, PSG soundtrack composed by a very talented composer, Manabu Saito. And I was reading uh, online a really sad story. This is uh, the late, great... Manabu Saito. He actually died very young, I believe, when he was only about 22 or 23 years oh, old. That's too bad. Very unfortunate. So it's good we get to, you know, have some kind of music that that survives. So this yeah, is it's interesting to think of game music is still such a new thing mm-hmm. that not a lot of really prolific or well-known game composers are dead. Most of yeah. them are still around, mm-hmm. yeah. whether they're working in the industry or retired. So I yeah. think that's going to be kind of a, a sad thing when. Um, yeah. Uh, a lot of the great composers start to pass away. Yeah, so this is stage one from Mr. Ghost. Here we go. so much guys for joining us this week as we took a listen to some of the best msx music from both of these wonderful systems we had a great time sharing this music with you guys and really kind of a nice change of pace for this podcast because you know we played a decent amount of msx music but to to dedicate a whole episode on this music was really cool because again the traditions of this music for the most part very different from a lot of the mainstream stuff that we play on the podcast you know get to focus on maybe a lesser known facet of game music but one that i think is still well loved if there's a big fan of MSX, MSX music out there. Let us know how we did on this playlist. Well, and it sort of overlaps with a lot of the more popular stuff, too. That's what's sure. kind of cool um, because you can play, like, Dragon Quest soundtracks yeah. and also uh, you know, obscure Japanese titles that mm-hmm. most uh, American listeners would never Yeah, absolutely. We want to, guys, give you another announcement. We talked about it last week, but let's officially announce, send us your picks for Listener Show and Tell because that episode, the Volume 3 of Listener Show and Tell will be coming uh, in the coming weeks. So send us over those picks uh, via email. Our, our email is supermercadobros at gmail.com. Otherwise, you can go to our website, and there's a contact form there. You can leave a comment on Facebook, uh, tweet at us, any way you prefer to let us know. Uh, there's a lot of people that already have picks that we have a long list, so we have a decent start. But, yeah, feel free to send that. Another shout-out that uh, this episode comes out on the 15th. So tomorrow, if you're listening to this one, it comes out. I'm releasing my Sonic-esque arranged album. So excited Exciting. to share that. Yeah, it should be cool. We're going to play you guys out with a track from Arcus 2. Next week, we have more racing games. The third time we're going to be talking about racing music on this podcast. I can't wait for that. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, guys. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Take care, everybody. Peace out. Peace out.